You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, Welcome to the Smoking Word. Welcome. Welcome. What's up, party people? We are back with another one. The Smoking Word podcast is and always will be brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. If you want to support the show, go there and cop merch. Everything is done in-house by your boy. and we got stuff for your girls, for your guys, for your for your, your pets, or whoever fucking wants some merch, we got it for you. But if you want to support the movement and the show, go cop some merch. That's how we're making things happen. You can also follow me at HoyaRock357 on Instagram. Keep up to date with everything Madball, Smoking Word, and Casa the Rock. You guys asked for it, so we gave it to you. We on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. But listen, everybody, the way this shit works is if you want to keep hearing the podcast, you got to subscribe, you got to rate it, you got to pass it around, you got to spread the word. We got to show the world we're making some noise. That We got to show the world that this hardcore world is the only world that matters. Well, it matters to me. But today we're hitting you with part two of the A through Z with my boy Scott Vogel, the Birdman. Let's set this shit off. What's up, Birdman? Welcome back to part two of the A through Z with Scott, the Birdman Vogel. Yeah. Are we rolling right now? What's up? Are, are we rolling? We rolling right now, baby. Shout out to Scorp, getting me through this one. Yo, shout out to Scorp and Monster. A lot of people have these ideas about corporate corporations this, corporations that, but but Monster is a, especially Scorp, but Scorp and Monster been looking out for hardcore bands and supporting real shit, not just fucking Metallica and Slipknot who already got millions of dollars. The, these guys are in the trenches with us. I'm just happy I got this beautiful drink here. So yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe we'll be back in Europe one day. Yeah, we will be back. And shout out to Scorp, shout out to Monster. I'm actually waiting for a guitar Monster was trying to send me. Hint, hint. Oh, but, can, I, can I hijack your podcast? Yeah, of course. Let's do it. All right, we're starting with M, and I got to start. <laughs> Hit me with it. There's been times and there's been years and there's been parts of my life. Sometimes I say Warzone's my favorite hardcore band ever. <laughs> Other times it's the one and only, the great, the everything Madball. So you know what? I would usually say don't say that, but you know what? I'm coming from you. I'll take that. But no, on the real. Thank you. And you and I know that I and I and I say a real thank you because I know you a mad ball fanatic. You always been a mad ball fanatic. And there's a lot of people that say it. Not that you gotta be one anyway, but you always represent. And like I tell you, you're you're the you're the you're the, 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 the voice behind my favorite hardcore band now. <laughs> so, and I'm not just saying that because I got thank you, you on. Cause when, tomorrow when I got somebody else, I'm gonna tell them the same shit. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what's up? 
we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to you guys later. But yo, oh good. I but uh, talk about you. Did you get to check out the Set It Off reunion episode? I got up to maybe uh, one third of it. I've, All I've, right. I've been so busy. I'm I'm actually moving back to Buffalo in like a month. Oh so shit. My, my life has gone haywire. So uh, I don't have as much free time as that I want. So I've been doing a million things, but podcasts are literally my only friend right now. So I will get through it. Yeah, yeah. No, the only reason I, I, I never listen to the podcast I do because I always hate hearing my voice. But that one, I had a good time. There's some funny shit. And we were reminiscing about some funny shit that I know you would appreciate. So. I did learn that Will Shepler did the We Don't Fake It, We Just Take It voice. I, yeah, I how great that. was that? That's why I had him do it, because a lot of people, you know, I you know, I automatically assume people would know. But for many years, people would always ask, who's that doing that? Who's doing that? So it was good to get Willie to do a little cameo. And you guys took that from, a, that's a line from... Um, American, American Me. Me. I see. I should know that, too, but... Yeah, obviously the guy that they're talking about it. I think when they're getting tattooed, when he's putting them down with the crew, you know, um, it was a line that we were like, "Man, we gotta use that shit." Well, when we did that record, that was the the movie and how we were living. We were literally that shit was had a lot to do with how we were getting down. You, and we you were thought like, you were in you thought you were in L.A. for a minute. Yeah, I thought I was Mexican. Shout out to all my Mexicanos <laughs> out there. But um, no, that shit related to a lot. But um. But thank you for the mad ball. But I don't want to talk about the mad ball. What other? I got another M. I got to talk about. I did my homework. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. This is an M that one of my first hardcore shows ever, and I think should be in everybody in the Mount Rushmore of hardcore bands, not just New York. Murphy's Law. Now I'll tell you why Murphy's Law. Forget about metal into hardcore. Forget about tough guy shit in hardcore. Forget the, about the just the punk rock shit in hardcore. They took all that with Ska and still have some of the hardest shit, still have some of the, the, the they have the best message because their message is no message in a way. Like everybody was included at a Murphy's Law show. The straight edge kids, the beer drinkers, Krishnas, skinheads, punk rockers. I've seen skin. I never been to a show where I seen straight edge kids singing the beer song and nobody flinched. Nobody right. talked about it afterwards because how could you be into hardcore and not love Murphy's Law? And Jimmy Gestapo, probably one of the best frontmen ever, most entertaining Agreed. humans Agreed. in the world. And that was literally probably the second hardcore show I've ever been to was catching, you know, R R Todd Youth, rest in peace, you know, Gestapo with the knee pads, broken leg for like 10 years. You know, uh, did you ever get to catch him? When's the first time you ever got to catch Murphy's Law? I saw him very early on, not as early as you, but um, probably when Back With A Bong was out, they played uh, Buff State College real yeah. early. A uh, couple of Murphy's Law memories for me. Um, <laughs> uh, the be the best of times artwork is like this drawing of a thousand faces. I, yep. Me and my brother had that on our wall, and one night we took acid, and <laughs> we, we took like a pen and 
and put names of everyone we knew ah. like, who looked like who. So the poster's ruined now, but I'll forever remember in, in on our wall in our bedroom because we shared a room in high school. We had the Murphy's Law poster, and then it said like Jim and Bill and Tim, like everyone we knew. Yeah. Um, great front man. That the picture too on back with the bong where everyone's jumping and, and like I think someone's maybe blowing beer. Probably yeah. blowing beer. Iconic. And him with the red Budweiser crew neck, just like one of the best. A, a really cool, cool story too is um, recently, like a year ago, uh, Terror played the very last Backtrack show in Long Island. The same night, which was, you know, not to, not to like, whatever. It was a sold out show. The same night I went with Mitz after the, the Backtrack show, literally a, a five minute walk was a Murphy's Law show a block away, another sold out show. They packed the place, people were going crazy. Two totally different generations of hardcore kids, two Long Island shows on the same night, both sold out and I had a great time at both of them, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's dope and again, that's a band that's special in that way that, you know, people know them about, you know, smoking weed and drinking, but they were about unity without having to sing a hundred songs about unity. You know what I mean? You just went to the show and everybody was included. And it, they, Gestapo was always about that. You know what I mean? That, that's why I love him. Shout out to Jimmy. I love you, Jimmy. And um, I want to say also, <laughs> rest in peace to Steve Paz talking to Murphy's Law Crew. My brother, a staple in New York hardcore. And he's, he was in a band called the Cavity Crease, but he was more known for being himself. And that guy really is one of the faces up there because he was around in the early days of, of New York hardcore. And the same mentality that Roger Stigma, Gestapo had, those guys never shitted on the new kids coming around. If anything, they embraced them, would hang out with them and school us. He schooled me on a lot of shit, Steve Potts, and I love him. Shout out to Steve Potts and Murphy's Law Squad for sure. I got one for you. I got, I got right. one more Jimmy story, quick. Oh, hell yeah. I, got, I at, love at Jimmy Gestapo stories. Black and Blue Bowl, like, I don't know, it feels like 10, maybe eight years ago, just guessing. I had the brilliant idea uh, to buy him a beer, and we were, like, backstage. So we went out into, like, you know, I don't know what you call it, where all the people are for the show. Every step we took, he got offered a drink from everybody to the point where I just basically like turned and walked away and never bought him a drink. But he went from like 20 steps and 20 people bum rushed him and everyone wanted to buy him a drink. So that shows how fucking loved he is. It literally made me feel like, oh, that was a great idea to ask him if I could buy him a drink. That's literally everyone at the but show that's bought him a drink. That's exactly what you, you're supposed to feel when you see Jimmy Gestapo. I can tell you one quick Jimmy Gestapo, too. That guy's been smoking and drinking like before I was born. But <laughs> I was the guy who gave him his first dab at the Black and Blue. So really? let, me, let me pat myself <laughs> in the back for that one. You could teach these old dogs some new tricks. Shout out to Murphy's Law. Uh, I got yeah, an M for you. I got a classic M for you. Minor Threat. Gotta got be. Got him too. Got him too. Uh, again, 
I, I'm not one of these guys that that um um worshipped every step they took, but loved the early shit. I loved them. I loved everything about them. Again, the sound they could play, you know, which was dope. They could, you know, sure. they really could. They were all good players. Sounded good. Even their look was like I don't know. There was something, you know, the look. It, 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 if when you looked at them, you you thought hardcore music. And some of those songs, man, I still, me and my brother bumped that shit on the car right now. You know, and we're, 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 you know, and a special band, you know, I think um, a lot of bands tend to take those guys and run and, and, and their crowd got too extreme with the message. Not that they weren't, but, you know, people tend to like, um, I think they also get shitted on. Like, I'll talk shit on them a little bit just to get, the people that worship worship them mad, but in reality, they deserve their spot. They they OGs and they're a fucking amazing band, classic shit. But um, I think they were more than just straight edge. You know what I mean? People say, oh, they were straight edge hardcore. But I'm like, that bothers me in a lot of ways because that's like saying, oh, I'm a meat eater hardcore or I'm a hummus eating hardcore. I mean, that has nothing to do. You know, it's more to it. You know what I mean? It's there's more to the bigger picture when you're dope. You shouldn't get pinpointed with one word. One word shouldn't describe you. You know what I mean? No matter yeah. what it is, you know? And um, special band. I never got to see them. I saw Fugazi, but not the same, you know? And the message they were spreading, I wasn't feeling too much. Like, we talked about it on the last one. With um, no stage diving and blah, 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 all that bullshit. I wasn't feeling that. But um, shout out to fucking Minor Threat. I'll always credit them as the band that got me into hardcore because my brother was into a lot of punk, circle jerks, all that stuff. And I was like on the fringe. Like I, I wanted to go in, but I couldn't. It didn't fully grab me. And when I saw Another State of Mind, the Social Distortion uh, documentary, I saw Minor Threat and I immediately could relate to it more. The, you know, just this more shaved head, the um, just a different style. It was hardcore and it, yeah. it wasn't punk and that spoke more to me. And from there, I went out and bought the uh, the, first, the Minor Threat record. I think it's their two EPs with, I think it's Ian's brother or holding his head or whatever. Yeah. And that's really what brought me in. But I, I And I really love the Out of Step record. I think they're an amazing band, but I do think what happened with Fugazi kind of turned me off. My it, Not being so turned off by Fugazi, it made me turn off my little Minor Threat valve a little bit too. And I guess that's just how it goes. I was, so, you know, obviously I'm known as this promoting stage dive guy, but think of me back then. Like I was just this kid that yeah. all I cared about was moshing and going to shows and going off. Yeah. And then you have the, the singer of a band that got you into it, telling you that you're a fucking jock meathead. And I was yeah. like, no, fuck you. I'm not. So yeah, no, no, yeah. I agree. Same way with me. That, that, that message kind of turned me off. The only thing that I, I like again, like I said, I would talk shit on them just to get all the, the, the people that worship them mad. But the thing that I give them that at least I'm glad when I get to see a lot of, you know, a, a lot of these bands go visit the record store, the Discord store or whatever in D.C. And I, I see them taking pictures with a lot of people, these hardcore bands on the stoop or whatever. At least he didn't turn his back on kids that go that travel and come through because just being in a band, forget what type of music, you should know what it is to be like traveling through cities 
and making pit stops because you really want to see something or you're so into the fucking movement that you want to visit these landmarks. You know what I mean? And I'm glad right. that he don't turn kids away from that, you know, because he shouldn't. I've heard mm-hmm. nothing but good things about him. And his Discord, his label, I heard he was like, you know, he was super um, PC, like about, you know, every record said don't pay more than $5 for yeah. this. And Fugazi never made T-shirts. Now, these are things that I don't live by, but I can appreciate his mindset. I can appreciate it. And from what I've heard, he's very true to that and always paid his bands. And, and what you're saying, too, like he lets people take pictures and t- hangs out. So he's got to have a good head on his shoulder. So I think for both me and you, it just we caught Fugazi at that time where we weren't ready for yeah. them to tell us how to live our lives. And Yeah, yeah. The, the experimental shit wasn't on our radar at that time. Let's put it like that. We were a little too hard-headed. Who, you got any other M? Motherfucking Marauder. One of Master Killer is a is a fucking masterpiece, and um, there might have been times when I would have said Marauder is my favorite hardcore band. When when I got that Master Killer record, I was floored by how heavy it was, and music, lyrics, vocals, man, fucking great band, great band. Yeah, you know, um, I you know, um, I you know, I won't get into um singers. Because um, there's a different caliber in humans when we're talking about Minus and the other guy. So, but I could say as a band, sonically, loved them because they were straight metal. But you felt that hardcore shit come out of them because they were hardcore dudes. I mean, they had a couple metal guys that weren't really involved with the scene. I had love for all of them. They're all good dudes. But... Something about when Minus was in the band, not because he's my brother, he wasn't the best singer, but there was nothing harder than having him and how he just got down and you had Saab and then sonically the fucking sound that they were making. And the original um, guitarist was a good friend of mine, Karate Chris, who ended up doing the All Out War shit later on, you know, early stages of that. He's the one one of the main guys that brought that real metal shit because they all loved, um, what do you call it? Um, A lot of these European metal bands. Brooklyn dudes were always the metal Venom, band. Venom and stuff like that. Yeah, more than Venom. Uh, um, um, What's the name of the fucking band? Um, man, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name, but um, they loved, all the Brooklyn dudes were metal hardcore guys. You know, I loved metal, but when you came from the Queens in the city, you had a little bit more of the traditional sound. You know, all the Brooklyn bands were like the typos later, you know, the carnivores, right, right. the biohazard, life of agony. When the Queens dudes were the raw deals, the rest in pieces, the fucking, you know, token entries. You could tell already there was a different. They all yeah. have their place, but they were more that. But yeah, they had um, they were one of the bands that what I loved about it, they they were they would let double bass. We were able to use double bass later on because of them, because it wasn't like <laughs> taboo for yeah, doing they, double they bass. They opened the door for double bass. They, yeah, have yeah. Bo- they have some bounce to them too, man. Marauders. Absolutely, yeah. They had that. They had that pocket shit. They had that fucking um. They just had groove again, like um, coming in. You know, I speak for New York hardcore in general, but like being even into New York hardcore. Even if you didn't like hip hop a lot, you had at least 
appreciate it because you could hear it in all those bands. If it was the little drum break from the underdog song, you know, um, 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 I forgot the name of the track. There was always, or the, the, the bold track that had the drum beat. There was always that bounce involved, but in very small increments, you know. I took and, uh, that small increments and made full songs out of it. You know what I mean? On the second Marauder record, on the second LP, they have Pokey. So that definitely picked the, the yeah. groove up a little bit. Yeah, now yes, they had that, yes, that right on. Um, yeah, they had, again, you know, just that, that fucking, that sound, that real metallic, industrial kind of sound without being in an industrial band. But um, shout out to Marauder, rest in peace, Sop. Shout out to my brother Minus out there, wherever you at, motherfucker. And probably the one of the craziest dudes I've ever seen in the pit in my life. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but last time I saw Mavall play out here in L.A., uh, you were egging me on to sing on the mic with you, but Minus had already done it, and he was standing right there, and I wasn't going to, like... You're an asshole. Get get in his way or, or step in front of him and sing. I was like, you nope, kidding that, me? That, no, that's his I, mic now. Nah, you kidding me? Yo, the, my mic is always your mic. You should know that by now. <laughs> and also, one band I want to shout out, an old school band. I never I never got to see them. I saw them on video tape, but the mob. They're a band that gets talked about. You know, they kind of had their own little niche. I I ain't super familiar with everything they did, but Jack Flanagan, rest in peace. I knew Jack Flanagan, and that motherfucker was a hardcore dude. Like, he lived that shit from promoting, being around the music. And also, one of the first videotapes I ever seen of a CB show was my brother had an old tape with, um, it had rest in pieces, the mob, straight ahead on it. So I would fucking watch that religiously before I ever been to a CB show. But um, never got to see them. Won't say I bumped their records all the time. But they're a staple. They also had, in Queens, you know, they got a lot of their, 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 their claws are part of the roots of this shit, you know. And again, you know, another, 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 another guy lost from that squad, like the Murphy's Law crew, you know, Jack Flanagan. Well, again, rest in peace, Poss and all them. But um, you got any more M's? All right, good. I, I got a, uh, all right, N for N. All right, this is a band. Negative approach. This is the thing with negative approach. I was never into that band. Again, when I was coming, when I was a kid, I was spoiled and a little bit hard-headed because I had everything in my backyard. So I wasn't really open to a lot of California shit. I didn't care if you were from Detroit. I didn't care if you were from Texas. You know, I had Breakdown, Raw Deal, Rest in Pieces, Agnostic Front, Chromags. I had them all in my backyard. You know what I mean? So it was hard to Amen. be like, you know what I mean? Ooh. But well, joining Madball, all those guys loved them. And I used to be like, I was already more on some kind of crossover flavor already. You know what I mean? And I remember that Maddie and Freddie, all these guys used to be like, yo, negative approach is so hard. They're so hard. And I learned to appreciate them from doing Ready to Fight and covering a couple of songs that, you know, and learning for hearing it from these guys to appreciate. And then I got it. I, I hear the rawness and whatever. But, um, and, you know, they made some of the, they're part of the DNA of our, our, our people, CTYC. And any, 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 any DNA they have, you know, they got to be crazy. 
So, you know, and they're OGs in the game. Good guys. I met them later on. And again, I get it now, but I didn't back then. And I got to see them now, nowadays. I never saw them years ago or whatever. Did they ever make it up there to fucking Buffalo or anything? Could echo a lot of what you said. A lot of, like, I got into hardcore in, like, let's say, 88. A Same lot thing, of, yeah. I never really went backwards too much. I always just kind of went forward. Like, at that time, there's no internet, there's no anything. So anything I'm buying is the bands I just saw or the the, the records that are on the shelves. And, yeah, the, 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 I can respect them for, I, I know a lot of people say, like, Victim and Pain is, like, fully... Yeah. influenced by that and, yeah, Roger and that's Lundle. obviously saying a lot because you and I both said like Victim and Pain is the yeah. holy grail of hardcore um, we actually got to play a show with them and it was a, this is a crazy show Terror Negative Approach and Dying Fetus wow uh, that's crazy in Switzerland. That's, hard. that's a hard bill yeah it was kind of crazy uh, lineup so we did that maybe uh, just like last summer, um, not this recent summer, but the one before that. And uh, yeah, the, they were super cool. Um, even gave us free shirts and stuff or just down to hang and yeah, yeah. super cool. But again, and actually one time I remember uh, when I was living with my friend Patrick in Syracuse, like, I don't know, seven years ago, he wanted to go to New York city to see negative approach. Maybe it's when they first started playing shows again. So I went to the show, the energy was great. The you know, the music's just all out aggressive, no bullshit, yeah. like traditional, no metal hardcore. So I can get with that, but yeah, it's not one of those bands for me that I would really. Yeah. After, after hearing them through the years, I could hear the influences on other bands like that, that yeah. it's like punk hardcore, but it's harder. It's like motorheadish punk, like that open chord. It sounds like Detroit, like dirty ass Detroit. <laughs> Shut up. I got one more end. You got any ends? I got two. Hit me with it. I got two and uh, just kind of honorable mentions. Uh, no redeeming social value. And um, uh, Terror's old guitarist, Todd, who started the band after Nails. Terror, he did Nails. Nails, Which yep. to me is just like an incredible, it's, Maybe, I would say they're a metal band. Yeah, um, but they're incredible, and he—he's just over the top with his his. Yeah, like, nails, nails was dope. Like again, I, I won't say I sit around listening to them, but from their logo, the aesthetics, and sonically, from what I heard, I get it, and I like shit that you can still hear, hear the roots of the music, but you're doing something else, and um, a lot of flavor in, in their own way. You know what That's I mean? A guy from good. doing like terror shit to that shit to doing the fucking um the the shit they did with that other band with the with homeboy who was in the bad brains yeah he was, uh, he was, um firebird yeah you know again yeah. you know dudes like that you know that have a, a lot of different fucking um uh, influences and they could they could pull it out and, and, and make shit sound good that that's a a big credit you know what i mean we're all into other shit but doesn't mean we could start a fucking blues band. Right. Good, you know what I mean? And no redeeming. Shout out to them. Like, again, I know them more good dudes, and we played a lot of shows with them. And, and again, what I love about them, they're still doing it. They took the place of what Murphy's Law did, where everybody's included, you know, bringing the fun back into hardcore. And still, you know, being skins and being hardcore and being where it had all the elements 
all the ingredients of the old recipe, you know, and um, they still just dropped a video not too long ago, you know, shout out to those guys, you know, anybody who still loves doing it, I love because I, I was thinking about it the other day, these people that are like, yeah, I grew out of it, yeah, I, I can understand not going to shows, but how do you grow out of something that you are? You know what I mean? When you're in this shit, it's, you know, I don't get Good it. Point. You know what I mean? I'm like, I couldn't get out of this shit if I wanted to. Because that shit's built in me. It's just the way we think, the way we get down, the way we live. And also, you were never that. So you, you're fake. Guess what? We don't want you around. You know what I mean? Man, I never understood that. Quick trend, which... Yeah, which see, I never understood. I can understand you don't go like to that. hardcore shows. But you know it and I know it. We meet guys that are in other worlds. They're, they're doing businessmen shit, but they run into us and know you're in a hardcore band. And right away, it's like, yo, what's up? You know this. They get amped because yeah. me, that shit's like a superpower when you know you see another hardcore K. You know what I mean? It's like we get, metal guy. I love metal. But a metal guy, you can see a guy in a Slayer shirt. He still doesn't mean you could approach him and he's going to be on the same wavelength. You right, see somebody right. with an AF shirt, a Terra shirt, a fucking Gorilla Biscuit shirt. You're like, yo. But what's up? They're going to be like, oh, shit, it's automatic. You got that connection. It's just what it is. That's why hardcore is the best scene in the world. Just facts. Just a fucking fact. So all you motherfuckers out there, go cop that CasaTheRock.com fucking version. <laughs> but, yo, but no, but uh, I got I got an end. That, that was a cool end. Mainly, no for an answer. Ooh, good one. Yeah, now why I say that, again, I was, you know, I got to see them early on. They were one of the, you know, I saw them in, in I think it was the the free-for-all. I think that was the record where it was them and rest in pieces. And again, I was so New York, but I was always, I was a hardcore kid, so I loved catching everything. When, when they came on, I felt that shit. And I was like, yo, they're dope. Like, they brought that energy and it didn't matter that they were in New York. It, it, it didn't feel like they were intimidated by being there, and I remember them killing it. And then on top of that, they were on that compilation that I loved, that the free-for-all that was on, which I was like, Wrecking you know, it, was, it was part of the rotation. Yeah. Um, I never saw, I still have never seen No For An Answer, but uh, I got the 7-inch the first on Rev, and I thought it was it's good, but it didn't like really take me like the... Chain of Strength, they're sick of it all, 7-inch. But when their album, A Thought Crusade, came out, blown away. I loved it. Great record. Uh, kind of a slept-on record that kids don't talk yeah. about too much. But and it's, it's great, funny because, you know, um, we're all the big um, straight-edge movement now and everybody rock, trying to rock the Chain of Strength shirts, people are forgetting about No For An Answer. When No For An Answer with dudes, they were getting it in back then, you know? It was them instead, Chain of Strength. These were the bands that were playing and representing California back then. You know what I mean? Oh, we got all right. Oh, I got two. I got two. Also, I wonder if we got the same two. And I know one of them. I'll I'll say the name, and I know you let me know what you think because I know you love them. We'll start with yeah. Outburst. I don't even have them. What a oh suck shit. Let's just, I'm going to get it out of the way. I realized last time we forgot kickback, have heart, all these things. So well, yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot. We can't hit everybody. We're right. supposed to, this one is to tap into the ones that are on the top layer of the dome. Right. For yeah, whatever didn't, reason. Didn't even have outbursts. What a, I but, suck. But outbursts. I do, do love them. Amazing. Another, another band, I got to catch them early on. 
again, Queens guys, and a little bit later, you know, um, the swag was coming into hardcore. They had that little bit, you know, that that um, uh, uh, basketball pant jersey flavor. You know what I mean? You could hear it. The 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 the, the iconic graffiti shit. You know what I mean? They were another one that it would be like maximum penalty. You know, maximum penalty outbursts, whatever. They were perfect band to put on to stack a bill. What, and what again, they weren't metal and they weren't punk rock. You know what I mean? If they would have went to Normandy and recorded an LP that was good, you think they would be like killing time status or they were never going to get to that status? I, I don't think like that, but I definitely think they had, Um, I think they could have done more because they had that, 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 that energy and and again, you were straight edge or not straight edge, but you got you kind of felt you could you could feel like they were a straight edge band. They might have not been, and they also the tougher guys that liked a little bit more of the swaggy shit were like that. They had the graffiti. They had all the right elements, you know, all the right elements of a New York hardcore band. And they had the other one, Mission Impossible song that had the breakdown <laughs> like Mission, which I always thought was dope. But the, again, another iconic graffiti logo, you know, classic New York hardcore sound. But yeah, um, shout out to Albert Queens, you know, Story of Queens, you know. And they had a lot to do with one of my favorite humans, Mike Dijon. So great. Anybody who got, you know, Mike Dijon DNA in them. The, hold on. Watch how I said that. Mike Dijon DNA in them. But you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> shout out to my brother, Mike Dijon. But um, who's the OU guy? I got one. And I think it's the same one. I don't think it's going to be the same one. I got two, but... I don't think with you, you wouldn't say the other one I'm going to say. One King Down. Yep, I didn't have them, but we played with them a bunch. We, we actually um, would do a lot of shows with them. But yeah, well, tell me, One King Down. Who's your, who's your other one? Oh, you I'll want me to tell you about them? Who? Good, yeah. I, I mean, just growing up in, in where I was from, upstate New York, they were That's what I was going to say. They, they represented up north a lot, that area. I know they would make that noise up there a lot. They would so. blow it up, man. They would blow up. They had great energy, a really cool sound. And uh, I know they played a show maybe like a couple years ago. I didn't see them, but I just thought when I, when I started going through O's, they came to my head, and I, I think they're, uh, you know, not like ultra legendary, but yeah they're very well respected they who's represented upstate yeah who's your other one did you say outbreak Not, oh you got those those uh bang banger main yo come on <laughs> who's in your band you forgot <laughs> did you forget i haven't seen them for a year i don't even know <laughs> well the reason why i threw them in there because chris my little brother skeleto shout out to skeleto that's where we first met met them. That's where we first met. You know, I felt the energy, and um, more than the band, than than them sonically, the energy and and the spirit. Nobody was living that spirit at that age group at that time with the flawless hardcore spirit. Flawless stage diving. Holy shit! Everything about them was roots. You know, from, how, you know, what was, what, you know, who they represented, how they represented was like, you would think they were, they were, you know, they were living in Stigma's house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, um, 
everything about them, you know, like also, right, speaking of them, like, again, meeting them, they would come to shows, and they'd be some shows that the minute outbreak, we would go on and outbreak started walling out, you know, them, they start oh, yeah. stage night. Yo, oh, I would yeah. play for them. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I would play to see them go off. Because I'm like, you know, there's two, there's two people that made me feel like that. And that was the outbreak dudes, Skeleto and, and fucking Nate, like stage diving that I would literally, I don't care if there was a thousand people that I start playing to have them go off. Yes. And nowadays, it's my boy and your boy, Luke, from Wisdom and Change. <laughs> I play shows when Luke's there. I forget about who's there, and I play for Luke. Just to watch him have fun? Because they, not just to watch them have fun, it's like a spirit entering their body. It's, 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 it really is. It's some spiritual shit, and I could see it and feel it from them. And that's, I, I tell them as a joke, and I tell them because I mean it. I go, that's what keeps me still playing music, is for that shit. Because you, you get to, there's people that'll go off at a Gorilla Biscuit show because they feel they have to go off to a Gorilla Biscuit <laughs> show. You know, not that they're not, they, they're OGs, but you know what I mean? Some people for the nostalgic, you know, and then there's some people that they can't control themselves. And that's those guys. One time, uh, I think it was me, Nick Jet, Link. This is way back, like, like way, way back. Do you know Jay Reason's band, The Distance? Of course. Um, Shout out to Jay Reason. We play The were, Distance all the time. They were playing the chain reaction. I, I could have some parts of the story wrong but in my head they were playing the showcase theater not chain reaction and corona i drove with nick and some of the out, outbreak dudes and we drove an hour and a half to get there we went to the door we paid we got in the outbreak people literally immediately did not say hi to anyone did not do anything they walked immediately clawed on the stage and staged over for the distance like within five seconds of being in the door. And then I probably didn't see him again until the drive home because they were just doing that all night. So oh, it's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, another 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 thing about um Outbreak, and especially because Link and Nate, you know, really close with us, you know, you know Chris especially, you know, ended up coming on tour with us for a, a while, you know, Tekken and just everything about them. But um, um they... What just dropped the other day, I didn't get to see it yet, uh, the, the Bane documentary that dropped. I didn't dropped. see it either. Me neither. But, again, they're, they're a band, like we talked about, that I always knew about them. We played with them in the later years, and I knew a lot of the guys, great dudes, great band, but we didn't get to play with them till very later you know, in, in, in the years. It was because of them, Outbreak and, and fucking Cruhan, that would always, you know, they love Bane. And then that's the oh, first yeah. time I ever heard the word baniacs. Right, right. I never heard that that term, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> fucking, um, again, you know, those, those guys, you would add water, and they're like gremlins. That's why I fucking love those guys. <laughs> Shout out to my brother, Linkovich, man. I want to see you, man. I miss that dude. But Are all right. Are you ready for my last O? Hit me. There's another one. I wanna... Yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to hijack the podcast for one minute. Hijack, that's what you're here for. Ultra controversial band. And I get the I know which one. Their first record though, minus some really stupid <laughs> lyrics, is perfect hardcore. 
I got to mention One Life Crew. And then let's move, let's move on to P. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's rewind. Let's go One Life Crew. Uh, yo, I don't mind talking shit about them. And I, I, I mean, talking about them, I personally had to check some of those dudes. There's no shame in my game. But um, I can say this. From what I know, Chubby Fresh, was he, he was in that band? Yeah. Yeah. I heard he's the fastest fat guy in the world, according to Ezek. But besides that, I'll give him this much. That I understand uh, um, their place representing Ohio Cleveland at a time when they kind of had their own sound and, the, and, and those bands had their own place. Like um, they were trying to do the sheer terror as far as, um, you know, sp speaking, being really raw and, and saying some foul shit, but in a playful way. But they happen to talk about, pe you know, they happen to play that game with people that they didn't know well enough. That's what happened with those guys. You know what I mean? They like, you know, they thought everybody would get it, but not if they, they weren't cool with everybody like that. So I, I don't hold that whole that people there's some racist shit or whatever. They're just all white trash shit. There's a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, a uh, Chubby is my friend, and I wish for his sake that sometimes people thought before they threw bombs out of people because him and Cleveland has made some of the greatest hardcore I've ever heard in my life. And it's just a shame of kind of what happened because obviously I love you and he's my friend, but it's, it's none of my oh, yeah. business. They, 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 they have a lot of people. We have a lot of people in common or whatever. It's never, and it's never a problem to me. Like, you know, we just had to check people at a time when people were getting loose. You know what I mean? What, what, what happened? And, um, but I won't deny that people had a lot of love with, for them and integrity and that sound, and why I understand it, because Ohio had, they have a lot of roots in this hardcore shit from the old days that people forgot about, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, from the older bands from out of there, you know what I mean? And, um, and they, had a, they were like a later generation, you know, and I know those guys had a lot of love for us and the New York hardcore, which I know, which again was a shame, you know, again, they tried to do the Archie Bunker shit without people they really knew, so it kind of, fell on wrong people but i got to pee and pee was a little got? hard i wonder if you I got, got any peace i got one yeah who you got project x oh i had them originally and i didn't write them down but who do you who do you got anything no no i, I got and i wasn't sure it, it, i would i got two classics but i want to know where, where they would fall on your book so project x those were the um who was that? Um, um, Porcel, right? Was he in that? Porcel singing, Sammy on drums, um, Walter, and I think Alex Brown from um, GB, rest in peace. I think he was on guitar, I think. Like, but just put out one seven inch on Porcel's label. It's, you know, yeah. it's ultra straight edge and ultra kind of militant. And when you look at those people that, or not, I, I don't know who they were going to beat up or whatever, but yeah. I, I, I geek out for youth crew and straight edge stuff, and it's it's really catchy and really cool, and I, I love it. Yeah, like, I, I didn't know much of it because, you know, even with certain Youth of Today shit, I love certain Youth, youth of Today shit, which I didn't like was, the, uh, again, oh, wait, 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 let's get there. Okay, yeah, exactly, you're right, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole youth crew movement was, that's what I mean. It was like, 
you already got your extreme bands. Now you're trying to make an extreme of the extreme of the extreme. I was like, nah, the only motherfuckers I, I, I ended up loving that did that was Earth Crisis. Earth with an F. <laughs> but all right, I got these, and I want to know they fell into place for you. Pennywise. So not on my radar, but Jordan and David Wood, like, love them. So I got to kind of get to know them in the van. And then we met, like, Fletcher, and me and him have a drinking uh, ability together. And, you know, I've heard these stories about him, and I've seen it here and there a couple. Were you on the sound wave when he sliced his chest open and stuff like that? No, I, we were on a sound wave. I don't know if that was the one, the same one. But yeah, was it the one with Sick of It All and VOD? Were you on that one or another one? No, uh, I know we did one. I don't know. I can't keep it straight. Yeah. We did a sound wave with them, and, like, very cool people. And then, of course, they had Zoli in the band for a minute, which was yeah. a whole new level of insanity. But um, I think they're really good. And But that, that whole... I don't know what you call it, California surf punk. I don't even know where it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. It just really isn't my thing. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have anything against it, but I just never. Yeah, no, it. to me too. I didn't know where it fell in. That's why I was curious of what you were going to say because I picked them because the same thing. They're in that punk skater thing, but they have that some metal shit also, which again, back in the day, I wasn't you know, into them till later on. And then I started, I get it. You know, when I would hear them, I was like, yo, they, they don't sound. I automatically uh, picture them as sounding like the descendants and bad religion. Like I automatically would put them in these categories. Then the more a lot of my boys loved them. And then the later years, I started paying more attention and I started, you know, feeling it more. But those dudes, again, OGs in the game, you know, still doing it. And I got and I want to shout out Fletcher and, and that whole crew, because when my mom's passed, they reached out and they they looked out on their own and they on some real shit. A lot of love. I got a lot of a lot of respect for those guys too. And and you know, and he's a fucking animal, Fletcher, the fucking guy. He's a beast. <laughs> you know, him and elephants. I know we heard we know these stories and shit. You know. But um, yo, keep your elephants away from Fletcher. Yo, but shout out to the Pennywise guys. All right, I got another P for you. Another band that I can't sit and name a hundred songs out of them, but definitely. They fall into a category and represented an area of the West Coast that has its place in the history. Poison idea. So out of my, yeah. So out of my. Um, see, these are the things, and I'm not saying I'm right because I'm probably wrong. But when things like that, there's there's so many people that call that hardcore. But to me, like I'm just so narrow-minded that it's yeah. out of my. I know they're from like. Seattle or Portland, I think. Oh, yeah, Oregon, yep. And I know the guys, like, big. Yep. And I know that they're, like, grimy and that people love them. But I just I just kind of, like, you know, I'm not from New York City, but I fell into where it was, like, New York hardcore was on top. And then, of course, I was close to Boston. And yeah. And so much stuff that I Same never flavor really, up there. Yeah. Yeah, like. Same thing with them. Like, again, why I know they always had – they were around – when I would remember, when I would see a DR in a, in a skater magazine, you would see a DRI thing in the skateboard section, a, a, a gang green thing in the skateboard section, a poison idea. And then they were on some punk kind of part of it. But what I loved about it more than anything, they were from an area that wasn't typically known to, to have nothing. They represented the North Pacific West or whatever you fucking, however you say that. 
Were they yeah. like Gigi Allen, like cut themselves and eat poo or not? Yeah, I don't think so much with the shit. And, I, and that's another thing I want to say. I do not back Gigi Allen and all that bullshit. I don't give a fuck how OG or whatever. Anybody who eats shit and does all that <laughs> wild shit could fucking... I, I don't fuck with it. But I think they had some of that. But I heard some of their tracks and the shit was mean. And I just remember that um a lot of the New York guys had love for them. And New York dudes, especially the older days, you know, they were open-minded, but also traditionalist. And, and I always knew that they always got mad love and respect. And when those guys would come around, I heard they had a lot of love for East Coast. So I wanted to shout them out. And I think one of them died not too long ago either that I heard. Yeah, but um, and they represented the big guys. You know what I mean? So, uh, all right. Q. Did you got any Q? I just even forgot Q, but of course I'm going to say Quicksand. Okay. I forgot Q was part of the alphabet, to be honest. All right, now I have two for Q, and that's and that was the one of them. But I, like some of these other ones we named, I wasn't sure if you were going to lump them in with a hardcore band or not because we all know they're hardcore dudes. But And I love the Quicksand 7-inch. I loved Me it. too. But... I don't think they were calling themselves a hardcore band at that time. They were trying to be some progressive. When I heard a hardcore, to me, I heard, I said, that's a hardcore band, you know? It was that, but I think they were trying to do some post-progressive uh, and give it another title. So I wasn't sure to lump them in, but I had them also. But um, I, I love, love this. I love shit they did later, but that 7-inch was off the hook. It's amazing. You know, I really do go back to the 7-inch and, you know, obviously the LP sounds better and stuff, but it's the seven inch is amazing. It's raw, but it's still Walter's sitting that they're amazing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's like one of those things. Are they a hardcore band? Are they not? Obviously they were kind of trying to step out and step beyond hardcore, but I guess when you're that fucking talented, give it a go and see what happens. I don't no, know. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but Bands are doing it at a time, and I won't just say them or try to pin on them. I, I had never had a beef with that because if it was into another or it was them, all, all of us were at those shows because we loved the music. But what we didn't like was people kind of not giving props like a Fugazi was doing to their history and kind of trying to like have people forget about it and be like, oh, we're this now. When it was like... Right. Don't do that because, you know, this shit, again, that's like saying you're dissing your left arm, you know, you know your right arm. For, for, for people that live that shit, we were like, yo, you, don't forget where you come from. You know what I mean? Kind of shit. Definitely, you know, I don't want to say I think like this now, but back then seeing like Into Another, Orange Nine, Quicksand, even Shelter, um, Civ. All those bands, you know, I was like this elitist or whatever, pure hardcore kid. And I would say, oh, they just use Rev and all of us as a stepping stone. All they want. And they, when they change their look and they take these promo photos with a totally different look and stuff. Of course, part of me was like this too hardcore for hardcore kid that gave that a little like cold shoulder and thought like they were selling out or whatever. Um, I'm not th saying I think like that now, but when I was young, I did. But for some reason, Quicksand got the pass because I, I always jock Walter too much. He could I'll, do whatever he wanted, and I was fine. I'll tell you a funny story. And again, because I love the 7-inch. Like, I, I'm a fan of that shit. Like, and, of course, he's a great musician and all that. But a funny story, they used to rehearse 
in an old studio that my old band Demise rehearsed in Queens, was called up. Um, what the fuck, the studio, man? I can't, I'm, I'm underground studio. So many, many years ago, me and my brother were driving, and we were in that area, and we see some of the guys. It was quicksand. I knew who they were. You know what I mean? And they were walking, and we pulled up, and we played stupid, and we were like, yo, yo, you guys in a band? And they're like, yeah, quicksand. We're like, oh, what kind of band? They were like, progressive rock. I was like, ah. But yo, shout out to quicksand. Mad love to the fucking quicksand seven-inch. <laughs> but uh, I want to shout out one other cue. This is a newer hardcore band, but my boys from Brazil, Questions. And the reason why yeah. I bring, you know those nice. guys too. Yeah, a, sure. big, a big shout out to them because you want to talk about a band that carries the spirit of the old school and the attitude and, and like how we live and how we think is those guys. Like um, Pablo and the, the whole crew, they, they were the guys that also, uh, they, they, they um, recorded the 100% video we did with Madball. You know, and when we were in, in the, the favela in Brazil, that's where a lot oh, of them. Oh, really? I didn't know that, that. That's where they come from. I know the, a lot of them. the story. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard and, all about it from you guys. Yeah, and not just because they videotaped it, but they're a dude that they live that hardcore shit. They're great dudes. And throughout the years, we've been running into them and playing with them in Europe a lot. Like those guys are for a band. They're out there touring six, eight weeks constantly. Like not just once every three, four years. Like, they're out there doing it, pushing their shit, living it, in the van, repping the hardcore shit. You know, um, mad love to them. You know, they got their, they do everything themselves. They fucking, the artwork is dope. Their video, they put a lot of time in it. And they, they rep the scene. And you know how it is coming from, unfortunately, a lot of these bands that if they aren't from the States or from a New York or California, it's a little bit harder you know, for, for bands to do it. And, and it turns off people. Those motherfuckers are grinding. You know what I mean? And they, they got that spirit. Again, anybody, I could feel the spirit. If you tell yeah, me you man. got spirit, it, you don't got spirit. You shouldn't have to mm -hmm. tell me. I should feel that shit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and those guys I, lived it. And I got a lot of love. The shout out to Brazil and my, my boys in question. <laughs> Big time. Boja. Okay, moving on to R. I got, a, I got, um, I got two R's. I don't know how many R's you got. I got a couple, but I don't think we're going to be on the same page, so. All right. I'm going to give you one, my favorite R. Okay. Rest in pieces. See, I didn't even have that. Well, I'll tell you, that band one was one of the first bands also I heard because my brother grew up with them, all of them. In it. And the shit Queens, I loved about. Queens huh? had so much hardcore. It's insane. It's in the water, man. I'm telling you, it's the breeding ground. That shit's like a fucking cesspool. <laughs> fucking um but again they didn't sound like a punk rock band their seven inch was fucking real noisy and i wasn't crazy about it but the the, the my rage album you can't touch that album like great playing they had rock and roll kind of so that rock and roll feel but it still had a little bit of iron maiden in it and it had that the old gray mare stomp, you could hear that flavor. You know, there was a flavor there already starting, a little bit of a bounce. And even that, 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 that the album cover, you know, it's fucking classic and like one of my all time favorite bands, you know what I mean? And again, great players and ended up, you could tell moving on in the future, you know, guys like later on with Craig and Armine's a real fucking talented dude. You know, the guy played guitar, he wrote lyrics. He fucking, beast um, of he can't drama. handle his beer, 
He can't handle his beer, his liquor. But um, but killed it on the fucking, you know, rest in peace is one of my hands down. One of my, even back then, it was like raw deal and rest in pieces was was up there. Like if rest in pieces played with raw deal, I was like, oh, forget it. I don't got to see anybody else kind of shit. You know what I mean? They, I was lucky enough to see them, I'm going to say like 89. Um, they came to Buffalo, was sick of it all, rest in pieces, zero tolerance, like an untouchable show from like my youth. It was fucking insane. Yeah. And and another thing, I have a, I got a lot of history with, but we have a lot of history with those guys, especially Armand and Craig, because um when they were doing the, the, the Under My Skin album, the second album, they were living in Queens in the Schick House. That was the name of where they lived. And me and my boy, Double O, rest in peace. That was our fucking, our safe house, our fucking store spot. You know, we used to use it as storage for some of our tools. Let's just put it like that. You're but, a uh, troublemaker. Yeah, you know, in our wild days. But we would always roll to the shit house. It was always love. You know, shout out to my boy, Devil, to Craig and to Armand. We would roll up. And again, I would get to hear the early demos of the, of the sessions they were doing on the album because you know, they were recording it around that time. The album didn't do them justice because it was, I think they went too clean, too polished. Again, I think they were trying to do, well, you know, taking that next step up. But I think, you know, they did it more towards a rock way when it should have been more towards like a dirty. A little were they on, am I crazy or were they on Roadrunner? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that so might run. Well, yeah, exactly. And, but again, going back to that seven inch, um, um, the, 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 the free for all, I think it was a Hawker free for all, whichever one it was, they had five gold rings, that song live on that hard as right. shit, that <laughs> version live hard as shit. Go put that shit on and tell me that shit ain't fucking hard. <laughs> I would hear that shit and I was like, yo, and then and they did an early, one of these early, um, Super Bowls where they murked it, but shout out to rest in pieces. You got any, which R's you got? I got three R's. I can just rip through them really quick. Talk to me. Um, I first came up with Rotting Out, who's a like a current LA band. Shout out to <clears> those <throat> guys. Hell yeah. Shout out to something, those guys. Something that really I really like about this band is like whenever I go to a show in LA, like you could have the whole band there. Like not they're not playing. They just go to every show, they rap and they hang out, and I think that's always really cool. Love that shit. Good dudes too. Um yeah. My second one is Raid, who is like Memphis. They're a hard, they're like probably Earth Crisis's biggest influence. They're like vegan hardline. Right before Earth Crisis, they came out. Oh, I've never been like heard of them. Ultra militant, vegan. They say straight edge isn't even enough. Like you gotta be vegan. Um, it's really hard. They, they put out a seven inch called Words of War. And then later, like in the early 90s, Victory put out their next record. And it's, it's really hard. You should check it out. Uh, for something about law there's there's their albums like above the i want to say firm standing law but that's not it above the law or something it's it's pretty pretty hard like kind of earth crisis like metal but early earth crisis and then last you might have something more to say about this um definitely not my scene uh nothing against them uh something i kind of want to know more about at this point in my life and a band that I saw play a bar, a barn, not a bar, a barn in Buffalo for a keg of beer, which I always thought was cool, Rorschach. 
Rorschach. Oh, well, you know, it's funny. I don't know a lot about them, but they were around that when they were, they were around, I think I want to say that ABC No Rio era. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah, were kind of that against. world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They were in that world, but they were doing it. Like, I couldn't name a lot of their songs either. But def definitely, I could tell you this, excuse me, from the outside, they were a band that was definitely um, out there playing. They were putting out music. You know, they were feeding, you know, the, 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 the they were feeding the people in their scene, you know, with, with, with the, the lifestyle and whatever. But yeah, I never knew much about them either, to, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? But um, they, 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 they kind of were, were bumping for a minute in New York and that, in that other world. It's weird. Yeah, there's that whole scene, that ABC No Real scene with Born Against and like Go and all these bands. And coming up, I'd always see it, and especially in, in Maximum Rock and Roll, but like it, it was all like a whole different, for me, it was a different world. For you, I think it was a whole different world. Yeah. And I know there's that famous Sick of It All debate on the yeah. radio, which was with them, I believe, or at least they're like their crew or scene or whatever you want to call yeah. it. So, um, yeah, I just when I thought of R, they came up. A little, but, um, yeah, crazy story about that whole world. Again, it was an alternate universe, the ABC No Rio shit. Like, we never got, we never mixed with them. But as much as those guys in our world didn't mix at one point, I got to give them credit for one thing. They actually booked my, my old band, Demise, that didn't have the best reputation in New York City because we were wild and living crazy, but they actually booked a show. We actually, one of our only shows that we ever played, we had like 15 shows in our existence. One of them was at ABC No Rio and fucking Armine was there, which is pretty crazy. It was like Armine and 10 other kids in a big hole in the middle of the floor. But it was pretty crazy. I give them credit for that much, but fucking yeah, we didn't really mess around with that world, you know? And, um, and another tidbit, you named the band Go, the first show Demise ever played was in a fucking, a biker, a biker club in Brooklyn. What they were called, the, Iron, the fucking Iron Knights or some shit, who knows? But it was with Go. But Go never played because they found out they had Swatsika in there. But it was biker shit, you know what I mean? And they had black dudes in the club. But it was rocking the Swatsika shit, you know, on some biker shit. And he was on the corner, like, telling people, don't come to the show. And then I think he got beat down. But that had nothing to do with us. He said, it's time to go. Yeah, he said, time to go. But, um... You got another R? So we are R. We're at S. I got, I got, I'm going to start off S. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven S's. So. All right, we're going to go, I got one, two, three, four, five, six of them. So it's good because that means we're missing some. And again, everybody, we're just we're 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 letting people know about the the the, the bands that stuck in our head that are on the top on the foam of the beer, you know, the top layer of the fucking the pre cum, <laughs> if we should say, of our brains. But um, who's going to tendencies? Right. Let's just start off a suicidal. Um, Shout out, hello, love, whoever back there. <laughs> um. Both of us have gotten to tour with them, and what super nice guys, super pro. What can you exactly? Marco, 
got a special guest. She got delivery. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah. My, my, my girlfriend just creeped her. I think she ducked down so she wasn't on the camera. Hey. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, exactly what you, what you said. What's your go-to record? You know what it is? I'm going to tell you this. It's funny because at as a kid, I wouldn't give them props because I was so New York and they were California. But I always loved the idea of them. You know what I mean? And like, you can't, you know, the... CasaRock.com, home of that fly DIY. You want to support the show? Go cop some merch right now. We got a lot of new t-shirts, shorts, and caps available. Everything is made in-house by your boy on the spot. So show some love, support the movement. CasaTheRock.com is the spot. But definitely, you know, I got two from the institutionalized classic. You know, you saw them on online. You know, I mean, you know, on, the video was on MTV, and um, um, you can't bring me down later. But I always loved, you know, the whole. I, I was I loved metal, and I loved that they had that thrash shit, and it wasn't just punk. Even though early on they mixed the punk part of hardcore with thrash, and not till we toured with them is where I fell in love with them, like really, where Freddie always loved them and these guys. All the guys in the band loved them. Again, like you, I was more on some East Coast shit at that time, so I was just focused on that. But I always was like, man, they got some hard shit. Yo, they, they got a hard look. Man, you know, they rock two guitars and fucking sound big. Yo, they fucking, you know, all these big metal bands jock them. And then we got to play with them early on and we became really, really good friends. I got a lot of love for Suicidal, dude. And especially um, their OGs in the game doing it. You know, they came up the right way. You know, they came up when, when that shit was playing in fucking backyards and fucking, and people were like, people with that look were getting flipped on. And you can either be two kinds of people, the people that let yourself get picked on or the guys that fought back. And those dudes were those kind of dudes. And... Again, the same thing with my family and they family. We came up very similar ways on the streets, you know, with where our crew of, of people were a big part of us. And um, those are real stand-up dudes, a lot of love, a lot of fucking history. You know, it's because of those guys, uh, a lot of dudes got into a hardcore scene. You know, a lot of dudes, you know, um, um, I, I had people... Um, even tell me what, you know, that was the thing, like, um, when we, we, we did the, the tour with Limp Bizkit and Corn, right, in, in Europe, and obviously those bands weren't never a, a part of our scene, and a lot of people did not like them in our scene, but what I gave them was, they gave us an opportunity to play in front of people where they had nothing to gain, because we weren't selling tickets right. for them. They did it because Fred had love for us and liked what we were doing and said, yo, get, get down with this shit. That gave us an opportunity to play for people that now, when we go play the UK, people came to see us later on and were like, yeah, the first time they saw us was the first two, three shows opening for Limp Bizkit. Now, that's what happened with Suicidal. People will go to see Metallica and then saw Suicidal opening for them and they were like, this is some real shit. Right, and, right. And, and got people that are hard, real hardcore kids involved with the music because of that. And that's big because 
very few bands were, you know, in the early days, all you heard about was the Chromax doing a tour with Motorhead, right? And then what? Suicidal opening for Metallica. There wasn't a lot of that cross-pollination back then, even though all those big bands jocked hardcore bands and were influenced. You know what I mean? Definitely, too, like, one of the most <clears throat> iconic artwork bands, logo Everything. bands, merch bands. Skating. Uh, the look, like the, you know, That's bandanas everything. and everything, yeah. And, and the message. The great front man. And the cool. message they have. They're everything. You know, those guys are like, you know, Freddie always loved them. You know what I mean? And, you know, always. And then the more and more. And then once we met, we clicked. And I love those guys. I got a lot of love for them. Dean, that's now Ra. And they got, right now, they got the killers, in, you know, in, in their band right now with Ra and Lombardo. Is, is it Lombardo on drums? Jesus Christ. Shout out to fucking Cuba, to fucking Lombardo. A murderer. I've never, I've never met him, but God. He, yo, yo, he killed it. Like, Suicidal went through that phase where they had a lot of different dudes in it. They always had great players. But for many years, they had a lot of dudes that, weren't maybe so involved in the scene, but there were big funk players and whatever. And uh, the funk part was, 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 um, was the bigger part of their sound for a lot of years. It was just coming out in the, in the in, you know, in the music. We played, we did a tour with them when they first got, well, I don't know when they first got, but, uh, you know, early on when they got um, Lombardo and Ra on bass. And I remember watching them, and I went right away to, to, to Mike right after the show. I said, yo, that's the shit. You motherfuckers. <laughs> those are the motherfuckers. One, Lombardo was my favorite metal drummer, you know, for thrash. And Ra, even though he plays, he's a killer and an ill-funk player. It wasn't all about funk. They were, they were grinding out the thrash and the hardcore in it. And I remember telling Mike, yo, that shit is the shit. And Mike even was so energized. Like, he even felt like, word, I feel like, you could tell he felt like he tapped into his youth again, into, like, an older sound with him. And he even told me, yeah, a lot of his people were like, yo, the band is sounding ill. And I'm glad they made that move because they fucking, they murk it. I love playing with Suicidal, man. They got the best crowd, too. Some of the most open crowd, you know, open-minded crowds that ain't your typical hardcore or metal crowd. You know what I mean? It's like, they're like the Grateful Dead. You know, they got their own people that follow them and live by it, you know, but they're open to all that shit. They love all our bands, you know what I mean? And um, who else you got? So many. I know. I got to pick and choose here. I go with Strife, California. I didn't have them. Shout out to Strife, and that's dope. Good, good. You see? <laughs> uh, I think... Mid '90s, I think they were the best live. I mean, Earth Crisis, Snapcase, who's a, a, another S, and from Buffalo, Earth Crisis, Snapcase, and Strife in the like the early '90s to mid '90s were kind of like the three straight edge heavyweight Victory Records heavyweights. Yeah. And uh, Strife, their live show, you know, like Earth Crisis had that amazing uh, crowd reaction and. Not taking anything away from Snapcase, but Strife, their live show was unbelievable. And I, I would see them in Buffalo, Syracuse. I saw them uh, at a fest in Massachusetts. Always unbelievable. Just on point always. And their records are just 
Yeah. Kind of simple metallic hardcore, but really, really strong. Yeah, I like I like those guys a lot, and definitely they had some good, you know, again the good mix of of, of thrash with hardcore and 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 playing with them great. They're great players, a lot of energy, and that was the thing. I you know out of those bands you just named, I leaned towards more of them than even a Snapcase because I don't know if Snapcase did it by design, but I always had got the feeling that they they were. Um, uh, they try to set um, um, put themselves apart from other people in, in, in the, under the same umbrella. You know what I mean? Like if it was them being a little more artsy or whatever it was, they always tend to play with those other bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of go in the direction of like a Deftones. They, I know they toured with the Deftones. Which I love the Deftones. They, they were like at the hip with Sick of It All, who's another S, so we can S. bring them into yep. this. Sick of It All and Snapcase would always play together. Um, yeah, like, it's so petty to me now, but like my my first, another S that I wouldn't have run into this, but my first real hardcore band, Slugfest, uh, Snapcase like kind of like, what do you call it, poached him, like got him in the band and like, uh, ruined my band so i always had like a little chip on my shoulder versus yeah uh, about a uh, snapcase and then they blew the fuck up so of course i was a little bit jealous and then I yeah. hated it. <laughs> but i mean at this point like you know i could care less about that stuff but um yeah snapcase definitely went in that artsy a little more yeah. you know they just weren't meathead let's let's fucking all mosh as hard as we can yeah but they, they didn't go as far as like a fugazi or anything like that they yeah no no not even off, that and, and and i was never against the artsy part because other bands like we said the quicksands and into another's later we were it was all our guys at the show we loved right. it but we didn't like when people excluded themselves from their roots and like we were talking about snapcase they would always play with sick of it all who again Sick of it all. What could you, what you can know, can't say about them. OGs still killing it, still playing and doing all that. But to me, the snap case was always, yeah, that's the only band they would play with. You know what I mean? You know, they, not that they should have been playing with us or playing with them, but to me, I always saw like we were all in the same gang kind of shit. And when you kind of were handpick and it kind of felt like people were just taking under, under people's wings, I kind of put you, you know, I don't know. I would, but definitely, I could feel the artsy side. Not even sonically, but I could feel by the attitude, and that's what I wasn't crazy about. If they meant to be by design or not, and um, they, I will definitely give them props. They they grinded pretty hard and toured pretty hard, and they had a huge fan base. And they took my old band Despair on tour for like I don't know, let's say ten shows, and they were all packed. Man, they they had a great following. But but I hear what you're saying, like. I was always drawn towards more of the grimy, dirty, and yeah. maybe they were just a little bit nicer, you know? Yeah, they definitely <laughs> ironed their shirts before they played, for sure. That's for sure. But, uh, but yo, all right, straight ahead. OG <laughs> band, a band that's getting forgotten about, I feel like, a little bit. You know, um, I think people still talk about them because Sick of It All is still around, and Craig and The Connection. But they had Craig, they had Dos, Tommy Carroll, they had, and they were doing that fast, hardcore shit, you know, and and Tommy was one of those dudes that, even back then when they were straight, Tommy will fuck you up, you know what <laughs> I mean? He was a dude that could fight, and um, 
I always and they had Gordon in the band who ended up playing on AF. Like there's a lot of roots there. But um I always loved them for like doing the real fast shit, having fucking a half hour set with fucking fifty songs. Fucking crazy. I think um they are a little bit forgotten, but they also have this cult following where yeah. you'll find pockets of kids that will say they're they're the best band ever and jock the shit out. I ne- I never saw them. I don't I wanna say they never came yeah. to Buffalo, but I'm not sure. But um I've seen videos and, and Tommy looked like a insane front man. And, Crazy, uh, yeah. Good dude, man. Shout out yeah. to to all those guys too. And you know, they had that fast shit and then go into a Tip, you know, a, a, a drum tom breakdown, and was you know, you could feel the 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 OG vibe in that shit. Sheer terror. What could we say? Come on, and I, and I know that I know the story between the names. So tell me how you you know talk about sheer terror because they better I mean was, something to you because of that. Stole half their name. Well, yeah. The, name, the way terror got our name is, um, we were. We were a band. We asked to be on a show with American Nightmare, Death Threat, and Striking Distance through Matt Pike. He said, yeah, I'll put you on the show. What's your name? And we're like, we don't know. He's like, yeah, we need a name. So the, the band's brainstorming. And I had a VHS tape of Sheer Terror sitting by my TV. And I just cut the yeah. sheer off. And um, I saw Sheer Terror for the first time in Rochester. It was sick of it all in Sheer Terror. And they were fucking amazing. Um, I know a, a lot of people like my brother. I I don't want to. I don't know if this is for sure, but he'll he'll maybe put Paul as the greatest hardcore frontman. Obviously, like to uh, talk shit and antagonize, but in, in a joking way. Yeah. And um, lyrics, some of the darkest lyrics, man. But yeah, they super, they are people don't understand. This is a sheer terror again. One of my first shows. It was either them opening for Rest in Pieces or my second show. But um, two things. They were the Celtic Frost of hardcore. You know, they had that. It was Celtic Frost to the T. Open that open style punk, but it wasn't punk rock. It was metal, but with that hardcore vibe. And there's no life for agony singing without Paul Sheer Terror. All you kids, because he was the guy doing that fucking opera, whatever you want to call it, kind of singing, crony, whatever, mix in with that voice that only Paul could do. And then in between, he got the whole Archie Bunker shit. You got like three different phases of fucking Paul. And another front man, entertaining as fuck. And um, again, what I loved, they didn't have the typical element of, even though he came up with the old style with the punk influence of hardcore, they didn't sound it, you know what I mean? They had that, you know, from Blake with the Widow's Peak and the fucking metal guitar and their Celtic Frost sound and Paul with that voice, and then he'll bust into some singing shit. Nobody was doing that shit, you know? Uh, let's say um, Where the Wild Things Are Come, that picture of Paul on the back. Man. Lay, I think he's laying on the ground and just early tattoos and, like, stuff. Uh, scars and he just looks at like like someone said <laughs> how do you describe hardcore in a f- f- photograph it could be that then while we're on this topic you flip it over to the cover and you got broad deal anthony in the crowd and you see 
Pete and Lou from Sick of It All in the pit singing they along. Always, That's so cool. That, well, Raw Deal, they were always in the pit. All the Sick of It All guys, all the people. Like, they brought everybody because they were that, those fucking motherfuckers. Raw Deal was that shit where everybody wanted to, to rep for Raw Deal because not because they were just cool everybody, because you couldn't help it. You couldn't. You couldn't be not help like- it. The way Luke is now, you couldn't like. You couldn't it was that. It was that. I know <laughs> that Luke feeling because I had that for Raw Deal. Like all those guys had it for Raw Deal. It was something that just took you over. You you wanted to get your shit ripped, your shirt ripped. You didn't give a fuck. You wanted somebody to scratch your face. You know what I mean? You wanted to fucking. You wanted to walk on somebody's head. You wanted to do that. You couldn't help it. But exactly, those were classic times where everybody was in the shit for each other. You know what I mean? It was a good time. And also I got, um, again, a classic band talking about those old things, Super Touch. Shout out to Mark and Sue, you know. Adam. You know, again, to me, not always the best musicians, but Searching for the Light, a classic song with that song alone and being on, the, on, on one of the comps, you know, of a lifetime. It'll be the best the song. Best in the history. Too. You know, and I, no, and, I, and and I give it to them for not for they were having that um that little artsy vibe before the artsy vibe was cool, you know what I mean? Which was pretty cool also. And Mark was down. Mark's been around forever, you know what I mean? Shout out to Mark Super Touch. I always thought it was really cool. Like when they started their LP off on uh, Rev, and I think the first lines like I've been drinking and like. To me, like I, I was never straight edge, but you know, you're you're caught up in that scene and everyone around you straight edge for them to start their album off like that. I'm like, Damn. Yeah, and crazy. I I've never met him. I don't think I've ever met him. Um, but I I grew up with this fascination with Georgetown basketball and Super Touch has all these thank yep. yous to Georgetown and all this stuff, and I would really love to know like. He was a super fan, or what the yeah, deal? Yeah, no, was. they were basketball dudes. Mark was definitely, you know, they always rocked the tank tops early on, the basketball jerseys, and is he and, Queens? You know what? I want to say maybe or uptown Manhattan, but I'll take think like, I would think like St. John's would be his team or something, but they thank Georgetown on some of the records, and yeah. Uh, yeah. But you even remember back then for basketball, you know, it was St. John's, Georgetown. You know, these yeah. was these were the hard hitters. So if you went to college ball, you had to like, you know, all those. But shout out to Super Touch. And of course, SSD. I shout them out for mainly like just being OGs in the game and guys, good good dudes and classic bands that made their mark in, in the music and and did shit, you know, they were their own animals and they represented their area. You know what I mean? So I got I got four. Who you and, got? Uh... You can comment on, I'll, I'll go through all four of them real quick and you can pull anything you want from them. Uh, I want to put Side by Side on here. I love that seven inch and Jewel Again. is a great, great front man. Um, your little crazy friend, Scarhead. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. What can we, what, what can we say? Shout out to, I'm original Scarhead, by the way, so you could talk about that. Right. But um, no, Definitely. Did I hear you say on a podcast you took acid when you recorded that seven or the yes. EP? The first, the, 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 the New York's hardest comp, 
<laughs> me, Ezek, Bundy, we all popped mescal and acid and on the way to the studio. And then I had to learn the songs in the studio while Mike DeJohn's trying to teach me. And I'm like, I just bought a fretless bass because I'm an idiot. I don't even know how to play a regular bass barely, let alone a fretless. And Mike DeJohn is like staring at me, showing me these songs. So anybody who listens to that track, I was heavily in the influence of, uh, <laughs> of uh, hallucinogens. Oh, I've got two, two more, and you can go wherever you want with them. Who else? Shelter and Slapshot. All right, well, I'll go through them real quick. And uh, Shelter, I was never crazy about them, but I like the one, whatever that fucking song is. He does the whole, yeah, that shit. Yo, shout out to Blood Clot, speaking of fucking Krishnas. But, um, um. I give it to them, you know, they were coming, they were coming with riffs at the time that was more up to speed with what I was liking. And guys like Franklin, who I ended up getting a lot of love for later on, and Adam Blake came out of those bands. So, you know, again, I respect that. And I give respect to respect dude is dude. Not even, even if I ain't crazy about certain dudes, those guys always made music. They always reinvented themselves. They always were doing a new project. So I I I, I like that when guys you know, put their hand in a lot of bags. And Slapshot, there's a lot of history that people know that wasn't so good with us and them. But whatever, whatever, I also, I ain't one to, to, to not give props where props is due. I was never a Slapshot guy even before our little beef. But they were OGs in the game. You know, um, on top of that, um, they represented Boston how we later on represented New York and how I felt bands, if you were going to be those type of bands, you had a role. You know, maybe at the time, you know, uh, maybe some lived the life more than others. But I give them respect for, for being around all those years and, you know, constantly, you know, feeding the scene with Stars and Stripes and later on, you know, even doing Slapshot shit later on and blah, blah, blah. So... You know, I'll give him that. Were you a slap shot guy? Um, uh, real quick, the first two Shelter Seven Inches I fucking love, and the Quest for Certainty record, uh, record which is like a comp of a lot of their shit, really good, and some really cool lyrics on there. They kind of lost me when it got further down the way. Slap shot, the first three records are unbelievable. Uh, not new, but newer than that. Oh, they have an old-time hardcore record, unbelievable. And I got to say, man, when I first got into hardcore, going to a Slapshot show in Buffalo was straight-up scary and vicious. Like, every straight-edge kid was on and his most pain. Yeah, and every Nazi. And it was... <laughs> it, it was an ugly night. And they, they brought out the worst of the worst, and those were shows where I was like, I was like 15 and I felt like I was 10 because I was like not get, I wasn't getting in the mix. Yeah, I was yeah, standing yeah. in the back. And for I other shows, show. I would like, you know, like for a Gorilla Biscuit show, I would think I was the king of the pit. These <laughs> shows, I was not the king of the pit. I was letting... All the pieces of shit come out. I know. Oh, that was those early yes. days. Like AF, AF had that shit, you know, bring out the worst of the worst. <laughs> you know I mean, it was like... Um, but yeah, and, and again, you know, and Shelter has their place also. Again, I give it to bands that 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 will keep you know um, bringing new flavor into the into the into the scene and 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 feeding the scene. T, now let me start this off. 
Well, my favorite oh. hardcore band, my favorite later hardcore band, we can't say t Terror without T, right? Also, it'd be called the Era, and you, you, we can't do that. We've made a few of those. Always, big shout out to you guys. You guys rep the right way. I don't got to tell you that. Everybody knows it. You motherfuckers kill it. Thank Keep you, thank killing you. it. You guys give me energy, always make me want to fucking keep mur murdering it. <laughs> and you know the deal, what's up with that? Motherfuckers are scared to play with you guys because you <laughs> motherfuckers murk it. Every time we play with you guys, I get motivated. You know, um, but we know some, you know, certain bands don't like playing with you guys because they got to work. You know what I mean? Let's, and I figured. Let's, let's think of all the places Mabla and Terra played again United States, Canada, South, South America. America. Europe, many You times. know that from day one. Never Australia, everywhere. right? Maybe Australia. I don't know. Did we? Maybe, but we played everywhere. We played almost everywhere. Yeah. And we will continue to play everywhere Amen. we can. You know what's Amen. up with that. Sounds of the underground. Always, always. <laughs> yeah. Again, same band, you know, like, you know, like the, the you know, how we came out of a band, you know, the, the influences, how we influenced guys that were in your band, we got influenced from AF. It's the same, it's the same bloodline, you know what I mean? And with the same attitude and the same everything. That's why we always mixed. For you know sure, I mean? Terrors talked about, okay, Matt, like Freddie was in jail when the band started and we're like, all right, I don't want to say we want to be the next Madball, but that was like... But yeah. And our biggest influence. And then when you guys when when you guys came out west after Freddie got out, we got on all four of the shows. And that's I think where I really met you guys. You know, we played that strip club together. Oh got... yeah. <laughs> amazing. In East LA, that was amazing. <laughs> we had strippers with C section scars you could put your credit card in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy. That was a good time. I remember Ernie, Ernie was still alive. Ernie Cortez, I think Ernie was there with us, right? Powerhouse and all those guys. Yeah, we could have had Powerhouse on the piece. I think uh, we just had Project X, but shout out to Chris. Man. Oh, how we forgot about Powerhouse. Yo, OBHC all day, my brother. But also, they motherfuckers, they were like the mad ball, how we rep New York. How you guys rep LA, they were the guys repping fucking Oakland, you know, fucking OBHC. They 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 kept that shit alive from doing shows to bands coming out under them, running the pound. You know, when any of our bands would go through town, we we went through them, you know what I mean? Staying at the the houses and same bloodline, you know what I mean? The same thing with how you guys were. What I like, you guys reminded me of us, not even if it was so much sonically, but the same bloodline and coming out of California. You know what I mean? And you had your own sound, but it was the sound with the right mix of shit that we liked. You know what I mean? We were, we liked that aggressive shit. We like shit with a, a pocket, with a groove. We 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 always had some metal in our shit. You know, we we loved hardcore, but we weren't the punk part of hardcore. You know what I mean? And you guys had that same kind of thing. Fucking um, I got um, besides that, and I got all right. I got one more. I got token entry. Nice. Token entry. You can go off because I, honestly, I know like all I want to do is skate, skate, but it kind of slid under my radar. Again, I wasn't a super big token I wasn't so big a token entry head, but a lot of people in New York were. What I did give them was they had a lot of OGs in the band and they were like 
our West Coast band with the whole skateboarding shit. You know what I mean? Like our H2O before H2O. Like they were our connection to that world. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, they had, I guess, a little bit more melodic shit. But just how they fell in, I always felt like, you know, we needed a skate band. We needed the tough guy band. We needed the metal crossover band. We needed the straight edge band. You know, you had to have all the elements. And they were right. one of those bands. And um, and I liked the the, 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 the record cover the, the, with, the, with the, the bird skateboarding. Bird yeah. yeah, that was pretty dope. I only had Terra and Token Entry. I got two more T's. Hit me um, with the T's. Hit me with those titties. My my boy Patrick and his people from Europe, True Blue, who I think of course, of very, course, very uh, they influential for a lot of European hardcore. Yeah, and when a lot of people weren't talking about bands like Rest in Pieces and stuff like that, they were like flying that flag big time. Yeah, um, I think they're great visually, musically, just a really awesome band. And then I got to give it up to Trapped Under Ice. I think over the last yeah. 10 years, yep. you know, 20, one of the best. And that, that makes me think, I slept on no warning. I'll give it up to them real quick too. One, yeah, again, over the last, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, those are two, two of the best hardcore bands in my opinion. Yeah, and Trapped Under Ice, you know, also us. We have a lot of history with them when they were coming up. We did a lot of runs with them. And what I loved about those, all those, all those guys is how, they do all these bands with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always loved that. Like that, that, that got me motivated in a lot of ways, you know, from them doing this band, doing, you know, doing different kinds of music and it's all the same dudes recycling each other. That's what you're supposed to do when, you know, you got homeboys and you got, you got, why you look for somebody else when you got them right next to you? You know what I mean? And, and I, I always, that, I guess that brings us to another teach. They, they went on and started Turnstile who obviously are like, one of the most loved bands in hardcore right now. So just exactly. what the point you were saying, they super talented and super dedicated and they make some music. Yeah, I'm love. actually going to, I'm going to have, um, um, get your weight up Brendan on. I hit him <laughs> up because, um, because again, early on, it's funny. Well, you know, we played a lot of shows with them and I, you know, we were, all of us got along. They, they had a, we had influence on those guys and we loved the energy they were bringing because they were also, they were coming with it. They were being original, and we liked the way they were getting down. And I would, and with Brendan, I would always break bread and you know fuck around with them, always talk shit with them. And and I saw them come up and do all their new things, and it was good to see them. And when they did the turnstile shit, see a lot of people hate on turnstile. I'm not at home bumping turnstile all day, but I give them credit for one. They all ill players, and they got some dope shit I like, but. People hate on you when you start doing good and, and if you're doing something a little different, people try to make you into something you're not. You know what I mean? Like, um, and the bigger they were getting, I started, I started personally feeling a lot of the hate they were getting. And I would be like, yo, fuck them, let them do it. And I would tell them that. I would see them, I'd say, yo, keep killing it whenever I saw them. Keep killing I'm, it. I'm sure for everyone that hates them, they got fucking 50 people that Exactly. They're, they're their and, favorite band. So. All the turnstile kids may not go to a terror show or a Madball show, but everywhere people realize hardcore's in the DNA, some of those kids are going to go back and they're going to find all our people. And then we're going to keep getting that next generation of hardcore kid. That's how we got to keep doing this, you know? We got to look at for shit long term, not the short term. You know what I mean? And those guys, I don't, they don't deny it. 
where they come from or whatever. And as long as the, all these bands keep doing that, our world will keep coming and growing with the right bloodline, with people that are in it for the real reason. You don't got to be born in 1980 or going to show since 1980 to be a real hardcore dude. Because there's dudes from back then that haven't showed their face since they got into an 80 and haven't showed their face since 82. Fuck those, those dudes. Who gives a fuck? And said it's been dead since 83. Yeah, fuck then. I don't give a fuck old school. You respect the old school guys that are still around and who looked out. If they didn't do shit for you, fuck them. That's <laughs> what I say. Fuck them. Because guess what? Hey, Breed, they used to open for us. And now we open for them. And with love, we do it. Because you know why? They never forgot where they came from. If people like them or not, they do their own thing or whatever. The first, anytime there's a Hey, Breed show or whatever or a tour they're doing, we get hit up. That's, that. Jamie used to book our show. You know what I mean? They used to open up for, and, and we love playing with them. And why? Because that spirit, that DNA is built in them. It's just what it, even if you don't say it, it's built in them. The way he, he does business and everything. Look at that tour that Jamie put together. Us, you, hate breeds, a fella carnage, hate eternal. What the fuck? I know. That's me, three gun. Fuck, I always talk about it. We first met him with Terror. Like, me and him had a standoff where I was giving him dirty looks. I was like, yo, this was the And he even thought, like, yo, these guys are going to flip on me. And then we had, you know, I, yo, shout out to Frank. I got mad love to Frank. Oh, shit, yo, what's up with that pussy? Ozzy. Yeah, <laughs> Ozzy, that's his name? Yeah. Yeah, dude. But, yo, yeah, but shout out to fucking... Um, one of the best people ever, Mr. Three Guns. Yeah, yeah. So we got, yeah. So, yo, shout out to all those bands. I got one you. Are they from Uni California? Uniform Choice. <laughs> Another thing, a band that I never got to see, but the bloodline from, I always liked that they were skins, straight edge, and from California. I didn't even have to hear them. I already thought that was dope because I was a skin. I wasn't straight edge. But back then, skins and straight edge wasn't mixing. You know, and I don't even know if they were skin skin, but the look and everything, I was like, because to me, I was a hardcore skinhead. So I liked anything that fell under that umbrella. And I always liked that name, Uniform Choice. And fast forward, um, Ignite, we'll get into that. But Zoli and some of those guys were old Uniform Choice guys. So, and they have a lot of history with California, with straight edge, and with hardcore. So anybody who I had roots with and showed me respect, I ended up like backing them even more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that I super screaming for change is like a perfect hardcore record. I know I brought up early um, on the last episode. Dag Nasty is one of my favorites. I would think this is, um, you know, kind of. Dag Nasty, can I say, on steroids because it's super, it's still melodic and, and really catchy, but mean and, and not yeah. not like uh, depressed like Dag Nasty is. And uh, yeah, when I got that record, I would play it all the time. They, they kind of lost me. They got a little weird and artsy towards the end, but when they were in their hardcore heyday, they were a fucking beast and I love them. Yeah. I, I like the idea of those dudes probably more than their band actually than I sat around listening to them, you know, from what I had in my head. I got one more you. Do you have any use? I got two, but they're just, just quick ones. What do you, what's your second? Uppercut. That was, that was, I had uppercut and up front. 
Yeah, yeah. but I, them too. Uh, up front, I know more from the the, the, the seven inch or whatever cover. That it's, a, I just remember like there. Keep the spirit alive. Yeah, I just remember that as being one of the, the things I used to see, and um, uppercut from being on the compilation. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they got the the anti straight edge song, which yeah, which again for me, I was like always around so many straight edge kids, and and totally not. I I think straight edge is a great choice. God knows, many times I wish I was straight edge, but just to come out in New York at that time and just. The, the first lyric on the comp is I'm not in a straight edge right. band. I don't wear X's on my hand. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with drinking a few fucking beers. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's poetry, right? right. <laughs> like Shakespeare. I think Shakespeare wrote those lyrics. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had them too, mainly because that, that, that seven inch, you know, that, I mean, the seven, the compilation that was fucking, you know, all iconic shit. And they put out. They put out a cool. Uh, it's a twelve-inch EP called Four Walls on Blackout. After that, and I found out recently. I remember that, but I never, I never got into it. Oh, I never heard it, but I remember the Four Walls. Yeah. They did a. The, I found out recently the singer whose name is Stephen Murphy was from uh, Rochester. Oh, I, think he went, I think he went to school in New York and did like uppercut with other New York dudes. But I found out he's from Rochester, and all I know is in. Him and the singer of Bold always had the illest sneakers on in pictures. I was always like, damn. And I, I always get those. I always thought Uppercut was from Boston. Oh, uh, they're in like New York. They're on the, the where the Wildings are come. I swear. I know. I would, I know the Wild Thing. I swore to God. I would have told you right now. I bet my <laughs> house that they were from Boston. I was from <laughs> Boston, man. Go I mean, figure. if they had a Rochester dude, maybe they had a Boston dude, too. Who knows? Oh, yeah. All right, V. I got I, I got um two V's. I Let's got three, and I bet two of them are the same ones you have. All right, we'll start off with the OGs. Vision. I, yes, that's Again, one of my three. I'm wondering I, who was I wasn't sitting around three. listening to Vision, but rep represented Jersey, and they were the a band that would have. I remember their at their shows being man. You know, rest in peace, Dave. But they having mad energy, and they were always playing with sick of it all in those bands. So they were always good to stack those bills. You know what I mean? And they always had good dudes in the band. A lot of cool dudes. They had a dope drummer. Forgot homeboy's name, but um, yeah, they 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 were good. You know, for 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 representing New Jersey and putting them on the map. Did you ever catch them? Yeah, well, I, I their their first album in the blink of an eye is like, I love it. Top maybe. I want to say top 20, but maybe top 30 best hardcore records ever. Wow. Uh, they played in Buffalo a lot. They were great. And it, it reminds me, I left off Turning Point off the tee because I always think New Jersey and they kind of yeah. have the same sound, like melodic, but kind of hard hitting. Yeah. So bring Turning Point up real quick, who's I should have had on here because they're one of my favorites. But Vision's really good. They, they lost me towards the end, but at that era when they put out that in the blink of an eye in the maybe 1990 or 89, really good. And I, um, I did one night, um, you know, it sucks because you say rest in peace to so many people on it. It's super sad. And now I'm going to say one night we played a fest in Europe. It was Vision and Terror um, and Mickey Fitz. I don't rest he was in peace, either man. with Terror. Yeah, I don't know if he was with us because he, he he jumped in our van a couple times. 
It had or, to be Mickey Fitz. He was, he's yeah. known to just jump in the van and go. Or if the business play, but I remember I, I sang a song with both of them and both gone now. It's fucking crazy. Rest in peace well, to, to Mickey Fitz and shout out to fucking Steve in the business. My, my favorites. That's my family right there. And who else so, you got for V? I, I think you're going to say VOD. Yes. Okay. That was that, my other one. I had Tim on the show, you and know, listen, not too that, long ago. Really and, cool because because I, I never really met him too much. I did a tour. It was Buried Alive, Candiria, Scarhead, VOD. So obviously I met him and stuff, but I've never really spent any time with him. They're a band when they came out, they took over. And the people in Buffalo loved them. And they yeah. played great shows. And uh, then we did that tour with them towards the end when they were kind of drifting off. But it was really cool to hear it, what he's up to and stuff. And um, wish yeah, him all yeah. the best. And I know he's doing new music and stuff. That's cool. And a great band. Why I loved them was because they were innovative for the time. They were like artsy without being artsy, even though they were. And they were bringing that new flavor. You could tell it was like a new metal flavor. But they, they were coming from the right angle. You know, they were coming... You know, they're a hardcore band, even though later on, sonically, they, they turned more into their own thing. But they came out of playing the same holes we were playing and everybody else was playing. You know what I mean? And they, and they, the, the, you could tell they, they were, oh, where you go? Where you go? You disappeared. It's really weird. Your boy fucking. Yeah, there you go. But, your, um, boy Toby, um, your boy Toby is just calling me, which is weird. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really call me. He just texts me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, but um, again, for a band, you know, uh, for a when you have bands to do that and let our like nowadays our bands could do we none of our bands sound like them, but we're able to to to, to tap into a little bit more other styles because bands like that came out. You know what I mean? All these bands that crossed over different styles help us fucking spread our wings a little bit more with shit we want. If it's being more metallic, more you know this and that, and they always sounded professional. You know what I mean? It was really interesting to hear Tim talk about how he was like really influenced by the doors. And I would have never put that thought of that. But once he said it, I was like, oh, damn, you can hear that. And he said, you know, I wasn't really feeling tons of his hardcore stuff. And then I heard Madball and it fucking rocked me. And that's the way yeah. it should be. You know, exactly. And that's what I loved about them also. Even back then, they weren't claiming to be oh, we're um, hardcore purists and we love every hard. They weren't, you know, they loved what they loved. And some of the even, the other guys would be like, yo, I never even heard some of these bands. They weren't ashamed of it. And they right. shouldn't have been ashamed of it. Not everybody was born in CBGBs like Freddie. But you know <laughs> what I mean? But, you know, that's what I liked. I like, be humble. Not everybody's, everybody, everybody is new to this shit at one point or another. So people yeah. forget that. They got to a very... You, you should heard some of the shit that those motherfuckers did. They did. Yeah. I, I was bugging out that they... I knew they did some big shit, and I even forgot. And when they, he was naming shit, I was like, man, you motherfuckers did some big dog shit for <laughs> a minute. I was starting to get jealous. Yo, shout out to VOD in Long Island. My last V. I don't know what you're going to think of this. Verbal Assault from Providence. I don't know a lot about them, but I know of them. Great band, like a... I don't know if they're straight edge, but they're in that scene, melodic, but hard. Really have a great album named Trial and another record. Just, I saw them in both. I remember my brother, like you, they did were, Acid when they played They were 80s band. Yeah. 
mid 80s or something or early 80s what were they because yeah. i know the name forever and i just remembered we missed underdog we can move on but oh yeah i had underdog shout out to fucking russ and all those guys underdog of course they you played know. in buffalo with underdog verbal assault and underdog i just thought of that um yeah kind of in that scene same thing as underdog really um, I, I didn't put i always put them with some other shit well i thought in my head they would be more like some punk dirty shit, like, you know, old-style hardcore kind of. No, you might like it. And uh, kind of uh, kind of stands out because they're from Providence. You, you know, there's there's definitely always been bands from Providence, but I would put them as number yeah. one. I, I've heard of them for years. All right, W. I got I got two Ws, and one of them I know you named before. I got one, and I'll put them neck and neck with you guys and Hatebreed. Talk and- to me about Warzone. Amazing. I think uh, just overall, uh, that, don't forget the struggle, the, the artwork, the lyrics, the thank you list, the band photos, the style, the white hoodies, the lyrics, the opening with the skit, the intro bust. It's yeah, possibly the greatest hardcore record ever. Yeah. They had some dope shit. I seen the market. You know, again, <laughs> hardcore skins. What I loved, because that's what we were. They were playing, and they had Todd Youth playing that rest in peace to Todd Youth. You know, they had that metallic hardcore, but it wasn't thrash or it wasn't cause for alarm metal crossover. It was his own thing, but they had some fucking, oh man, classic shit. That that was my shit that don't forget the struggle. That was the that was the you know, that's that's in there. You can't be I was listening to that shit a couple of months ago in the car. And I was banging my steering wheel. And the bass, the that. bass on that is insane. Yeah, they always had great players too. You know, it was, it was crazy. And and and, and uh, poor rabies. I mean, rest in peace, rabies. But even when he would be fucking working the door, we would roll up with fifty guys, and he'd be like, "Oh, come on, really?" We're like, You're oh, a troublemaker." He would have to open the door and let about fifty of us in the show. <laughs> but um, of course, war zone staples. And um, I got um, Wrecking Crew. Oh, nice. Nice. You know, Boston. they were Boston, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Boston I Wrecking I saw them with Killing Time. Killing Time Wrecking Crew, Eye for an Eye. And yep. A Buffalo band. I can't yeah, remember Yeah, I seen but... Eye for an Eye back in the day, too, um, um, at the Anthrax. But, yeah, Wrecking Crew, again, I wasn't like, can't say I'm a super fan, but um, they had that, 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 that they had a, 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 that one song with the bass. It was fucking hard. It had... It was on one of those compilations. Would you say uh, they're the most New York sounding band from Boston? Who? Wrecking Crew? Yeah. Maybe, because they had that one track. Like, I always felt like they, they were, it, it was at that same era where I was loving that sound. And they, that's why they would play with the Raw Deals and all those bands, because I think it was the same. They came from, they graduated from the same school. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But, um, I don't know all their shit either, but from what I heard, it was always shit like more up my alley, you know, of hardcore right. what we were listening to. I only had those two for W's. You're done with W? Yep. I, I only had, had one. All right. For X, I didn't have nothing, but what? There, there, there's a new band. What's that band? The, the, the Mexican kids from Tijuana. Who? Rated X? I've been seeing this thing, Rated X. No, the... the, the oh, Zavalba. Oh, Hold on. W. How can we Yeah. Before let's rewind to W. Wisdom and Chains. <laughs> oh, we're bad people. You know, we are very, very bad. Sorry Yo. to everyone. We're bad people. 
and a bad, and I can't believe I forget them because I, not just because of Luke and not just because I love those guys. They really, really are one of my favorite hardcore bands now. And I'll tell you why. Not just on my last album, not even so much sonically, but they, what they do sonically, how they do whatever they want and it sounds hardcore. And they have, if it's like an oi sound song, a metal riff in the song, a hardcore, you know, tr- uh, you know, a, a swaggy hardcore. They don't think about. It. They got two solos in a song. It, they don't think about it, and they put together amazing songs. They got a song on that record. I always tell Richie, and I know he thinks I was bullshitting him better than I better than I was. That song they did on that last album. When I first heard that song, I, I almost felt like crying. And I don't, I don't, I don't get like that with songs because I was just like how it's put together. What's it about? But even the riffs and how it was all put together, I'm like, forget a hardcore song. This is a fucking great song. And I would think of them when I was doing music as far as, yo, don't box myself in. Just do it. You know, they're gonna, you're going to feel, you know, if you're doing it from your heart, it's going to leak out. You know, you don't, you don't got to put your hardcore stamp on it if you are a hardcore person. You know what I mean? And how they write songs... And how they don't follow the trend, love them, and they're great dudes. For sure, I would I would say some of the best people that on the met planet, hardcore, hands down, most down to earth. And you're totally right. They when they when you listen to their set list, the songs go all over the place. Exactly, always brought in by a, like a melodic energy and like some. Also, some of their lyrics are really like outside the box of something I would ever write. It's yeah. almost like kind of storytelling. Yeah. But you totally relatable all the time, and they're just they're amazing. Again, they doing what they do, and it, you hear it, and I'm like, that's hardcore shit, and that's great when you could do that. Have two solos in a band, and not think, oh, they're trying to do metal shit, or they have a lot of oyish sound shit for guys yeah. that you wouldn't put together with being that oy sound. But they just do it, and they do it good. They all can fucking play. And I, them and you guys are some of the, the, the dudes that we love to tour with the most because we have more fun off the stage than we have <laughs> on stage. Shout out to those guys. I, I had Richie on. I'm, I'm going to get Joe, and I want to get the, po- the Post-America podcast mashup with us too. Get Luke on. I want to hear Luke on the podcast. My favorite human. I tell you, Luke, I do this shit for you. God damn it. And out of X, like we're moving on to X, I want to throw in, we were talking about, what's the name? I can never say their name, the Mexican kids from TJ. They're from LA, but it's Zavolva. I thought they were from Tijuana. No, they're from LA. Oh, the LA dudes. Why did I keep thinking they were from fucking Tijuana? I don't know. Great, great band, and their singer Nate does a lot for LA. He books a lot of shows out here and is super involved, does a toy drive every Christmas, and they're like a brutal, brutal. I mean, they're definitely all hardcore kids, but they're like some hard-hitting, crazy metal, beats you in the face with a shovel type yeah, shit. Shout out to those guys. I know they've been rock. You know, I know they they've been making this, putting their stamp on shit, and then I know they've been involved because I would see a lot of their shit around, and I, I swear I thought they were from TJ for some reason. But um, do they got Mexican cats in the band? Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah! Viva Mexico! Enough. I'm a <laughs> But also, I remember the name that I could... How you say the name again? 
See, I'm bad at this. The way I say it is Zabalba. I hope that's Zabalba, right. exactly. Yeah, crazy, crazy fucking name. All right. I got one Y. Who do you got? I got two because I want to hear what you say about the second. All right. I, got, I think you're going to go you to today. You're going to say that's first, That's who I right? got you for today. Um, musically untouchable. Super good. Uh, I love them. Um, one of the best, I think. One of the best. Definitely. Um, that was the. They, they were probably the band. I loved "Break Down the Walls." Amazing songs, amazing energy. But that was a band that started turning me off to hardcore music. Hold on one second. Oh, they started turning me off to fucking um, uh, the whole. To elite, me off to straight edge, but I didn't like how they would take making straight edge and making it except a separate world. You know that always bothered me. Like we talked about it before, straight edge was always a room in the house of hardcore. That's that's a given. But when they started trying to make their own house instead of living in the house of hardcore, that's what bothered me. And they were one of the guys that did that. But. Energy wise, and I love the style. You know, it was fast, old style, and then with a Tom breakdown, they would, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of energy. You know, a lot of um, um, uh, classic photos and moments in that time. And I gotta say this: um, and I don't really know those dudes. Don't really fuck with those guys. But on Drew Stone, I think the ten questions he did with Ray, Ray today. I don't even know if he calls himself that or Ray Krishna, whatever the fuck he calls himself. I gotta say. That's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. I was like, this guy is funny. You know. I, I don't think I saw that one. You gotta see it. I, I gotta tell you, I, I would have loved to, to hate funny, on him like, more. Actually funny? Like, actually funny. Like I was okay. like laughing. Like I just remember watching it. You know, I, I was waiting to hit, you know, to, to get more ammo to talk shit. And when I saw that <laughs> shit, I started laughing. But um, you gotta watch it pretty funny. Who else you got? That's all I have for why. I just want to hear what you're going to say about Youth Defense League. YDL. Shout out to Nick YDL. I just talked to him not too long ago. He te texted me. I love the fucking, we're the working class <laughs> USA and it's about. Now, okay. A lot of people try to associate this, that, that. I don't get into the politics of shit. And if anybody, you know, and if anybody knows us, they know I'm one when it came to any racist, white power shit, we were the dudes that chased it. Not just me specifically, but my people and all of us were the dudes that ended that shit in New York. Because, you know, we know it was always a part of the underground hardcore punk movement. If you weren't even not down with it, at a show you would see punk kids, you know, not, Nazi or whatever, racist skinheads or whatever, ska skinhead, skater kids, wigger kids, whatever you want. They were always in the mix with shit. Those guys were all hardcore kids, and then they would get associated with other shit, which I personally really don't know the politics with that back then. But Nick looks Puerto Rican, and he's fucking, you know, or whatever. And he was always, I got, I got love for him. You know, he was always mad cool, and I never got that shit. But also back then, I can't speak for them, but I know for a fact a lot of people back then, if you were skinned, they would label that shit on you. And I knew, I knew people personally that weren't down with any racist shit, but they would turn it up because people were like, oh, you're a skinhead, you're that. And they would turn up just to be like kind of 
on some like, yeah, fuck you on some punk rock shit. Like how the punk rockers used to rock a swastika back in the day. You know, they weren't Nazis, but they were like counterculture. But right. yeah, they were always associated with some weirdo shit at one point. But um, and it's, you see them just on like YouTube Today, YDL shows, like just playing like that. So. And back then it was like that. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't have mixed if they didn't. It was a different and time. It, you know what I mean? The, the rev comp. So. Yeah, the, the the politics were, were different then, and you know, in New York, the scene it was so small even then that you were influenced by everything, even if you weren't into it. That's why before it mattered what you ate, before it mattered what your beliefs were, you all influenced each other. If you liked it or not, you were kind of like thrown into this fucking under this umbrella, and you picked and cho chose what you liked. You know, you may have not been into oi. But I bet you had many opportunities if you wanted to back in the day to catch an oi show because there were skinheads around or go to a punk rock skater gig because there was that or a ska show. We went to all of that shit. It's part of our our make if you liked it or not. You know what I mean? But nowadays it's it kind of separated where there's hardcore kids now that could just live off a straight edge um, theme or just live off a beatdown theme or just live off a right. skater. You know, back then... There wasn't enough bands to, to to have those that separation kind of thing, but um, that's why we were lucky to be forced to mix with what we had, cause you know what I mean. You had to like you had to look past bullshit and say, right, yo, right. I really like this for what it is. I don't care about this or that. I like sonically this, or I like what they sing about. But maybe the the band suck, but you like their 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 message. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I didn't have you a YDL on that. I just had youth of today. That's all you have for why? Yep. Now we're, 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 in, we're in the last stretch. I have one band where at letter Z and you name them and I'll tell you a funny story about them. Do you have a Z? I got the one Z. Who you got? The almighty Buffalo Zero Tolerance. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Johnny Chat and, and fucking and, and Zero Tolerance. I'll tell you a funny story. Tell me about your your, your zero tolerance uh, experiences. I mean, for me, growing up in Buffalo, they were like gods to me. Like, I jocked the shit out of them. Um, they were like the first band I saw, like local band that really blew it up. And I'd see those guys at shows and be like a little puppy dog. Like, stay. Uh, you know, I a lot outside of Buffalo and maybe even the Northeast, um, they're pretty unknown. And they kind of, they put out a seven inch that really didn't capture. They, they were incredible live and they were they really big sound and really great on stage, but they put out this seven inch and they got a pretty bad recording. And I think it kind of like kept them on that like sea level. But for me, they're like, everyone has that band that for their home city, maybe not from New York because you had so much great things to choose from. They're like that one band that you only know about because they're from your city and a lot of people would never understand. And for me, they're just like, will always be one of my favorite bands and the most influential band that really sucked me in and probably ruined my life for lack of better terms. That, that yeah, that the shit with them, I got a funny little history with them. It's funny because I never seen them live or I can't remember, but when my old band demise, what I used to do was I used to walk up and down the line at CBGB selling my demo. So I used to be like, yo, five songs, five dollars. 
yo, buy this shit. This is the hardest shit out. I would walk up and down the line selling demos. And I remember one of the, and I, I wonder which kid it was in the band, but this kid comes up to me. He's like, yo, that's dope. Yo, you want to trade? Yo, check out my band, Zero Tolerance. And I was like, yo, where you from? And he was like, yo, I'm from Buffalo. Wherever. I was like, yo, that's crazy. What are you doing down here? Like, it was so crazy to me. And he was doing the same thing. I had the demo. And that was the first demo I ever swapped out because I was always Amazing. selling them. And I wish I had the demo. It might be worth money. And I then wish um, you did too, because I would ask you to buy it off you. It would be yeah, worth yeah. Money and we actually, money to me. we actually, they were like, "Yo, that's dope." The mind, we demise and zero t tolerance exchange. We were up there, you know. Those oh, days, yeah. we had to walk up and down the line hustling our demos. You know, whoever, whoever would buy it, and I was like, and I always remember the name stuck in my head because with the Z, I was like, you know, nobody uses that letter for a name. <laughs> but fucking um. But yeah, zero tolerance. There you go. Vogue. We made it. We made, we made it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I wanted to hit everybody with something a little bit different. You know, I, I, we did a podcast a while ago, the first time I dropped a smoking word. And everybody, been, you know, I know we all been making our podcast rounds. And I said I wanted to hit people with something different and just hit them with a couple of the bands that we could think of and give people our insight on the shit that makes us tick. So I was, again, I was glad to get you, Vogel. And uh, for everybody knows, Vogel's about a front on me for a fucking football game. But then I put out a <laughs> I put out a TOS on him, and he got shook. So he knew, move the Buffalo game down, Vogel. I'm gonna get cut. I called back to Buffalo. You gotta move the game. I move the game down. <laughs> but yo, one more time. This is gonna come out. I'm dropping A through L the, this week, and then um, um, M through fucking Z the following week. One more time, if somebody tunes into this first, let them know what Terra's doing right now. Let them know where to catch you and, and the website where all the shit you guys are dropping. We got a new website, sticktight.la, which is shit we've been putting out during this insanity. Um, and it's like terror hardcore everywhere, fucking Instagram, Facebook, and all that shit. And... Uh, as soon as it's safe, we'll be playing some shows and we're writing brand new stuff for the next record and kind of enjoying some downtime, but staying busy at the same time. So, All right. And when are you looking? Are you, is there any time frame for a new terror record you could give the people? Or, you know, I know you, we talked not so sure, but are you looking to drop something 2021, 2022? D definitely 2021. We, we could probably have it done. You know, I'd say we have a half of a, a new record written. So, but we're in no rush because, you know, I, I would kind of like to wait till we can play some shows off this shit. So I guess it's kind of play it by ear and see how the world's going. Good shit. Yo, Vogel, I'm glad you were able to get back. I'm glad we did the fucking two-parter. Everybody <laughs> out there, go support Terra. Go buy that merch. Fucking um, 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 hit up. Make, like I always say, I, I say it, I can't say it enough. Metallica has enough money. They got great songs, but they're rich already. Support <laughs> the bands that are in the trenches. Go get that terror shit. Go support that mad ball shit. Subscribe to the Smoking Word podcast. Hit that like button and spread the word. And we out.